0: it wasn't the hardest-fought race to become Speaker of the House. It was, however, an eye-opening moment in modern-day politics for Kevin McCarthy and the House of Representatives. The question to ponder, are the 20 holdouts extremists or part of a new restoration of Congress that many would argue is badly needed? Political scientist, Dr. Carol Swain. A former Democrat herself is here on the McCarthy files and pushing back against groupthink. And then the past year may have set a new low bar for excellence in legacy media. Professor Larry Bell talks about the top most cringeworthy fake news headlines of 2022. Viewpoint this Sunday is next.
1: the bias the lies and deceit and bring forth real talk from real people about
0: real news providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour this is viewpoint this sunday welcome to the weekend news magazine viewpoint this sunday it is malcolm Aloud here Well, you know, I kind of look at what we're kind of going through right now as almost like a restoration project. You know, if you remember back when the Capitol was being restored on the outside, remember they finished that job back in 2016. Remember seeing all the scaffolding around the Capitol dome? Well, that was a restoration project for the outside of the Capitol. Well, hey, maybe potentially we look at this whole speakership thing as a restoration project for the inside of the Capitol. (laughs) That's what a lot of Americans have been looking for here, yeah? And uh, that's where we begin today, my fellow Americans. Welcome into an incredible new year here. and, uh, And what a way to start here with the Speaker of the House and all of the fireworks that went with that program. But there's a lot more than meets the eye for this speakership with Kevin McCarthy and a reason why You know, how much of this was really personal? That's one question, right? Or how much of this was by design for that restoration project I talk about right there? So a couple of footnotes here to tell you about. All right, so McCarthy takes this in, the 15th vote uh, after all of these concessions that he had, which again, when you follow the media and the talking points, a lot of it's going to be a lot of mistruths and a lot of garbage out there as always. But historically, looking at this, it's been about 100 years that you've had these sort of contentious point of uh, electing a Speaker of the House. Let's bring on the program now here. Dr. Carol Swain joins us. She's an award-winning political scientist and former tenured professor at Princeton and Vanderbilt Universities, prolific author, uh, just a great voice uh, for our nation. Uh, She's an expert on critical race theory, American politics, race relations, and Dr. Carol Swain, delighted always to have you on Viewpoint this Sunday. Welcome to the broadcast.
2: Thank you, Malcolm, and Happy New Year to you and your audience.
0: All right, so a couple of interesting things to put into context, Carol, and they are this. Sorry, so dial it back now, and it took 44 times back in 1859. That was the 36th Congress. That was William Pennington, and that that was the last big like, wow, 44 times, and we only win 15 this time. But, you know, just before that, uh, Carol, there's a lot of people don't understand. In the 34th Congress, back in 1855, uh, uh, Nathaniel Apprentice Banks, 133 times, 133 times. And then just before that was the 31st Congress was uh, Howell Cobb, and that took 63. Uh, And that was in the 31st Congress, as I say, but all of that, Carol, is interesting because the country was at a real tipping point back in that era of Abraham Lincoln the Civil War. All of that was going on. Put that in context a moment right now where we sit here in 2023. We have had a lot happen in our country. We've had the January 6th deal. We've had all these, all these contentious elections. A lot of things transpired. Put that in context right now with the fact this is the first time in over 100 years we had this problem getting a speaker up. It only took 15. But what do you make of that?
2: Well, I think that there were members of Congress who took their campaign promises seriously. They went to Washington not to just get along and follow the same, uh, same old, same old that has caused the institution to be ineffective. And it's my understanding that the 20 members of Congress who fought so vigorously against Leader McCarthy, who will soon be Speaker McCarthy, or I guess he's already Speaker McCarthy, uh, there were very important changes that will benefit Americans that they were fighting for. And unfortunately, our system is so broken or, or, or changed in such a manner that it's not easy to vote out members of Congress. Once they get there, it's almost impossible to get rid of them about ninety-eight percent of them are re-elected. And in the case of McCarthy, there were lots of reasons to be concerned. He had a troubling number of votes where he sided with the Democrats. And you know, you call me biased, call me what you want to call me, but I did not think it was a good idea to have two speakers from California. So um I believe that the deliberative process worked the way it should have worked. I worry about the members of Congress that were part of the opposition, Mm -hmm. because I believe they will pay a price meant to discourage anyone else from doing that in the future.
0: Yeah. Well, let me put out there as well, your reference to California a moment ago. uh, I have to reference a tweet on January 6th on Friday, and it said here, I noticed McCarthy, is a Democrat trending on Twitter? I'm not voting, but if I were, I would prefer someone not from the land of fruits and nuts. I prefer regional diversity, equity, and inclusion. Hashtag California. Speak about that tweet.
2: (laughs) Well, (laughs) McCarthy is a Democrat, was trending on Twitter. And so for something to trend, there has to be a lot of people that are talking about it. I mean, it it makes sense that if he is from California, that his constituents would be more progressive than other parts of the country because that's the way California is. And that would explain his votes in the past, but it will also affect how he conducts himself in the future. Mm -hmm.
0: We talk about, you know, the established players. You talk about people that get to Congress. They stay there forever. You're exactly right. And Americans know that. And, And then there's the status quo. Now, back to your point a moment ago, Kevin McCarthy and a lot of the rank and file, the Republicans were involved in helping the Democrats pass the omnibus bill, uh, which added uh, by 1.73 into an already suffering and struggling nation that can't even pay its bills. And they did all that with all kinds of crazy programs of crazy stuff, which I covered on last week's viewpoint, but they were supportive of that. Isn't that a case in point of what we're talking
2: about? Absolutely. And I also noticed that some of the Freedom Caucus members that were behind McCarthy from the very beginning, my thinking is that they have been in Congress too long. The longer you stay there, the more likely that system is to suck you in and to chip away at your own values, and you know, stay there for a little while, and you look like the rest of them. And I guess the most shocking uh, person was that Marjorie Taylor Greene. Mm-hmm. You know that the Democrats have always painted her as a nutcase, but she was totally inconsistent with how she has carried herself in the past because she was a, a McCarthy a supporter from the very uh, beginning. She attacked her friend, Lauren Boebert. And it's very troubling, I think, that, I mean, mean, everyone can change their mind. I don't think she sufficiently gave reasons for why she was not with the band of courageous people who were pressing for change.
0: When we look at Congress, though, and there are two schools of thought with this group of 20 you just put out there, a couple of schools of thought, okay, here they are. One is, If you read any of the media headlines today or yesterday, you would read the fact that the extremists and the caucus within the Republican Party are screwing up Congress and causing it great grief and holding it hostage uh, to get Speaker uh, McCarthy in there. And they're going to do that with all the debt ceilings and all the bills and all of the spending and all the things that Congress loves to do. And the media is upset about this, Dr. Swain. They're really, really upset. But the fact that this group, so they're calling them an extremist group.
2: Of course. They always call us extremists. Any conservative that stands up for traditional values of the Amer- or the American people are called extremists. And I find it very interesting that the Democrats had a preference for the Republican speaker, as did the mainstream media and Fox News and and the establishment. They had a preference and they didn't want any concessions to be made. They just wanted him to have a cakewalk.
0: What about the extremists on the left side? We're talking about the squad, the AOC, all of that, which was the radical green energy programs, all the things that patriots don't like. Well, many of the patriots will call them an but yet they will feel following their own consciousness, their own heart. It may not be yours or mine, Carol, but they surely were following their own thing. We call them nut jobs, back to fruits and nuts. We call well, them some of them, them right? I, I, yeah.
2: Every, every now and then AOC actually makes some good sense. Some good really? points. Yeah. I, I'll have to do some research and let you know when she did, but, <laughs> that's, that's exactly. but she, she, she uh, has an innocence about her. I think that she doesn't necessarily hate America. She's clearly a progressive, but yeah, I mean, people should vote their consciences, even if there are things that I may not agree with, or you may not agree with. And I believe that the 20 who stood on principle, that they were disrespected. And when it comes to Matt Gates, there were lots of things probably going on that caused him to be yeah. as, um, you know, as, as outspoken as he was, and I never Kevin McCarthy, a never McCarthy. Oh, never
0: Kevin, never Kevin. They were <laughs> Never yeah. Kevin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
2: I think that he had a lot going on, but for the rest yeah. of them, they had some very legitimate reasons yeah. uh, for holding out and also trying to seek a different speaker because at the end of the day, I expect mm-hmm. Kevin McCarthy to renege and the rest of the Congress to go along with him. I'm not sure anything truly changes right, right. at the end of the day, but they will punish those people who stood in opposition.
0: Well, let's talk about that now. And, you, and before we do your point of, uh, you know, McCarthy, uh, one of the other names that kept coming up and people wanted him, he was in contention, but he never did put his, his own hat in the ring who probably could have had a sweep of this thing is Jim Jordan. He's beloved with a lot of people. You know, he probably could have, but he said he didn't want, he didn't want the job. You know that. I mean, could have been interesting.
2: It may be that he has already planned out how he will conduct himself as chair of the judiciary committee. Right. And so he already has a plan program. He wants to hit the ground running. The other part is that he may have known That there's no way he would get the majority because there are enough liberal Republican progressives that would never have voted for him. Uh, The the majority of the Republicans were behind McCarthy. And I would say the majority of Republicans in Congress are not true, truly conservative. No, Uh, no, no. they're, They're more moderate. And some of them truly want to be like the Democratic Party.
0: Which is where I started talking about a restoration project for Congress. I mean, that really is the tipping point of this whole thing. And when I referenced back in the 1860s and 50s, when we had troubles getting a speaker in there with those crazy numbers I shared with you at the top of the program here, it kind of tells you we're sort of coming to this point now where we are being a little more contentious if that's the case don't you think then this process was probably a good process to go through with McCarthy, no matter what the outcome it,
2: was? I believe that it had to be done. Yeah, And the members who led the opposition, they may have sacrificed themselves and their careers in the short term right. for the greater good. And that's what leadership is all about. You want people who are statesmen, who are willing to put the good of the nation and the institution above their own personal needs. And I believe that is what was taking place. It seems so foreign to us today because so many of our leaders don't have a clue as to what it means to be a statesman. They don't care about the institution. Some of them don't care about America. One of the things I was also troubled about uh, McCarthy is that he didn't have any problem walking around with the Ukrainian flag and uh, yeah. you know, on yeah. his chest, yeah. and voting for policies that I would argue were not in the interest of the American people, and he did that openly. Yeah. Uh, he, in my opinion, was not the right person for Speaker, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate uh, that he will be the leader. And I don't think it will be easy to get rid of him. I also think that a real leader, mm-hmm. a real person who cared about the country and the institution, they would have stepped aside after the third or fourth vote. And so from me, he gets nothing for hanging in there for 15 votes. And it's clear he would have stayed there for 131 uh, (laughs) if it took that long to where everyone is down so that they would approve it.
0: But let me ask you one thing. When you say it's going to be hard to get rid of him specifically in that role, but well, let me ask you this now. Back to the concessions that McCarthy had to do. One of them was that he changed the rules. Pelosi had it set up where you had to have fifty percent. Um, now they negotiated this twenty that just one single lawmaker can launch the process of of ousting the speaker and getting him out of here, which a lot of uh, political aficionados today are saying that was a crazy move and he's not going to be able to govern accordingly.
2: Wait wait, wait a minute. One person can raise an opposition. Mm -hmm. Don't they have to get a majority of people to go along with them? So any member of Congress can say, I have no confidence in the speaker. That's not going to oust the speaker. Uh, didn't No but it's going to
0: make them vote on it in other words uh, that part of the re, the deal is that that uh, it, the, both parties now they the fear that they have uh, Dr. Swain, is gonna, it's gonna, that it's going to that many of these um The hardliners, they're calling them, if you will, could use it repeatedly to whiplash McCarthy, uh, keeping him not being able to govern properly. Because every time they do that, they're going to have to bring it up and address it on the floor. That's the point. Not that you're going to be able to do it. I understand
2: that. I understand that. And I think that uh, the compromise, I think that chaos will ensue because Mm -hmm. of the compromises that were made to get McCarthy over the finish line.
0: That's the point right there. And that's so that, that
2: is a problem. That is a problem. Yeah. But um, if McCarthy is in the, <laughs> if he's in the middle of doing something that's truly not in the national interest, mm-hmm. and most conservatives know that it isn't, it's better than nothing. Right. But right. it would not be my preference. My preference would have been for McCarthy to have chosen Jim Jordan or someone else and thrown his support behind them.
0: Well, a, a lot of people would agree with what you just said. In fact, uh, to, to give an example, we talk about that one person now. They, it was going to be five. Uh, Congressman uh, Crenshaw, Dan Crenshaw, Texas. He says, what's the difference between five and one? Evidently, he doesn't do math real well. There is a difference between five and one. <laughs> To bring it up, he says on the accountability issue, he doesn't think it's going to be a problem. Others do think it's going to be a problem. But beyond that, Carol, let me say one other thing about these concessions. One of the other big ones, which a lot of people would applaud, is the 72-hour thing. This oh, is, is the Oh, this is crazy. This is back to just pass the bill, Pelosi. You can hear that in your ear right now. And then we'll see what's in it later on. So now they have a 72-hour rule because they don't read anything. They pass, which is remarkable, isn't it?
2: It should be longer than 72 hours. And if I were a member of Congress, Malcolm, I would push for legislation that made uh, that um, set the page limit for a piece of legislation at no more than 500 uh, 500 pages or a thousand instead of the bills that have been passed. It's impossible uh, for them to get through even a um, a typical bill in 72 hours even because the bills are so long they have so much stuff hidden in them oh, yeah. oh, you yeah. know they're written by lawyers and so 72 hours gives them a little bit of time but right. not enough. They need uh, to implement some type of standard that makes sure that all the amendments to a bill are germane but that the bill length itself isn't unwieldy.
0: Well, if they were doing this from a conscientious standpoint, you're exactly right. If it wasn't to go get along, to go along, to get along, your statement would be right. But right now, in the current day, they didn't even have 72 minutes.
2: Oh, I know. And that was always done to hide uh, yep. pet projects. And it was never in the interest of the American people. And the bills continue to get longer and longer and longer. And so something needs to be done about the length of the bills that members of Congress vote on. They should not be voting on bills that they have no idea what's in those bills because the bills were written by staffers and lobbyists.
0: Well, McCarthy's got the the gavel now. We're gonna have to see how all of that plays out and what kind of job he does, whether he rises to the challenge. You know, there's one other footnote I'll say to you uh, that could be quite interesting, Carol, and that is that potentially, The fact that McCarthy has been whiplashed in the public square to the degree that he has, it could very well scare the bejesus out of him to the point that potentially he now is going to have to think very carefully beyond pushing these 1.7 omnibus bills and all these kinds of crazy spending pork filled garbage he may have to think more aligned to what conservative values are. Maybe that maybe that whips him in shape, you think?
2: Well, I mean, we can be optimistic and we should be optimistic. Amen. But Amen. I, if in the past is any indicator of the future, I'm not sure that will happen. Yeah. And I'm also disappointed with some of the other Republican leaders, the commentators mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Fox who criticized the 20 and made it seem yeah. like, you know, that they were part of the problems and they were so embarrassed about how Republicans look and the Democrats, you know, that they quickly decided on their leader and we should be more like the Democrats. No, we should not be more like the Democrats. The problem with the Democrats is that they are afraid to speak up when they're in opposition because they know there will be consequences and some of those consequences could even be physical from Mm -hmm. some of their loony supporters.
0: Yeah, see, the reason you can make the statement you just made is because you're looking for consequential change, Dr. Swain. That's what you're looking for. You're 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 coming at this from a different vantage point. And so you can make that conviction. And I and I respect that conviction because it's where I come from. But frankly, that's not where a lot of these cats are coming from. You're exactly right, and back to Fox News and all the media. You're exactly right. They pushed all of that, including the Sean Hannitys of the world and all the others were in McCarthy's walk and playbook, as well as Trump himself was. Uh, But yet we know what McCarthy is. He's uh, no different than McConnell. He comes from the same cloth. Is that a true statement or not?
2: Well, I mean, it's definitely a true statement, and I think it's unfortunate that. Former President Trump decided he was going to get involved in such a public way because for many of people like myself who have been loyal to him, who have supported him, one thing that we do say is that he has had a record of supporting the wrong people.
0: Well, that is that is an argument that's been put forth here. Um, Before I get to this other point, I want to talk about one last point on this speaker thing that I think is interesting, Carol. I think you'll agree. And that is KT McFarlane. And I always like KT McFarlane uh, because she 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 doesn't pull kind of like you. She doesn't hold back any punches. She'll tell you what the truth is. Always as a as what I call a lady and gentleman. But she always does it. Uh, But she says she has an op-ed out there. McCarthy is finally speaker, but he's not weak like you think. Now he can deploy the crazy boss strategy. And what she's. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And it's a fabulous read. And what. And I was thinking about you as I read this piece. Now she's saying. And and, and McFarlane goes behind the curtain here to really say, okay, she can now use these 20 and these others in, in the caucus now and say, listen, these are these are our constituent. These are our people that represent the constituents, and they are demanding certain things. In other words, they would be the crazy boss that puts McCarthy in a power position with McConnell and Chuck Schumer on the Senate side, who are going to be strong-arming him and the White House as well. What do you say to that crazy boss strategy? McFarland pulls up.
2: I don't know. I have to read her op-ed piece and give it some thought.
0: Uh, Finally, uh, I want to talk to you about one other thing that I thought was really interesting. Well, something got me thinking here. Uh, Your pin tweet, first of all, life was a lot simpler when I was a Democrat. It didn't require independent thinking. Now, full stop right there. What I just read to you folks out there that you're listening, those are the words of Dr. Carol Swain that says that. Now, let me also tell you, if you didn't know, The voice you're hearing today was indeed a lifelong Democrat. She was there. She went through that whole process. And we didn't say that on the opening points. If you don't follow Carol, you wouldn't know that. But she is. She was. When you put that statement out there, you got me really thinking, Carol, about that. It didn't require independent thinking.
2: Well, all it required was for you to trust your leaders. And so if you were busy, like I was, uh, first as a student, then as a professor, Uh, you could trust your leaders. And always when dealing with black people, the Democrats painted the Republicans as mean old racists that only benefited rich people. And so it was sort of easy to go along with them and believe that the legislation they were pushing were for the common people and the working people. And, uh, And so there were a lot of lies that the Democrats put forth that unless you actually paused to think about it or begin you know, to see the conflicts and to see that things didn't add up, mm-hmm. you would just go along with them because you would be so trusting. And not only did the Democratic Party uh, not encourage or require independent thinking, it discouraged thinking altogether. There were consequences mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. thinking or being an independent uh, 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 person. And I can tell you that during my years at Princeton and part of my time at Vanderbilt, I was a Democrat and I was treated sometimes and called a conservative. And whenever I would take a position that was contrary to the party line, I would get a lot of, you know, harassment and pushback because they control people at every level. Mm-hmm.
0: And finally, I want to end on one point here, Dr. Swain. And you say here another, I think, a phenomenal quote that you put out. And think about this, everybody. This is a great point to end on with Dr. Carol Swain. And she says, groupthink is dangerous, especially when a nation is headed in the wrong direction. And you grab onto that right now and speak about what we're saying you think about the restoration project I started to talk about, Carol. You think about what I laid back to back in the 50s, 1850s and 60s, what happened with our nation to just to get a speaker of the house, the turmoil that was in set. And now after 100 years, we finally had a moment again where we had a contentious moment for a speaker. And yet people are reaching out saying we're busted, we're broken, and they shouldn't have pushed back on this. These 20 are lud- ludicrous. They're extremists. They're nut jobs yet we're finally coming back to some voice of reason, back to groupthink and where we're headed as a nation. I think this has to be a celebratory moment, frankly, then the fact that we got people to step out of the groupthink mentality, back to your quote here, last word.
2: I I agree a hundred percent with our nation so divided and the overwhelming majority of Americans say that we're headed in the wrong direction. The only way to have change is for people to stand up and be bold enough to take the right positions. Of course, they're going to get pushback and people will try to destroy their careers, but we should actually uh, celebrate those people rather than questioning their motives. Because at the end of the day, the only way this nation survives is if there are people who are willing to fight for Judeo-Christian values and principles and our constitutional way of life. Because right now the constitution is being trampled. Everything we have known and stood for is up for grabs. The only way that we can restore anything that looks like sanity in America is for people like you, the listeners, to stop being afraid. Continue to stand up if you do, or if you're silent, speak up the next time you get an opportunity, speak up, take a stance. Amen.
0: We call that the out loud truth here, Dr. Carol Swain, and uh, appreciate you so much uh, being on the program here today. Thank you very much. And uh, look forward to what we can do all together here in the new year in 2023, for sure. We'll keep tabs on all of it. Dr. Carol Swain. And by the way, friends, her book's Uh, She's a great author. Her books are in the America Out Loud bookstore. They're surely on Amazon. Uh, You'll see some of them on the front page, even as you hear uh, Dr. Carol Swain on Viewpoint this Sunday. We always propagate those books of our guests and our authors to celebrate their work in the bookstore and on the front page of AmericaOutLoud.com. So check out all the books there from all of our expert authors and, and fabulous guests on the network here. And uh, one last uh, big thing here now, before we move the program along here, and I want to tell you recently, you've been seeing a lot of the sickness happening all over in our country, right? You're seeing it like I'm seeing it, right? I mean, RSV, colds, flus, variants, things are circulating. I mean, all that stuff is really happening to the degree that it's massive in size and scope. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. And we talk about these things on the network because it matters. Well, I have to tell you, just last week, so many, you know, with the holidays, you have people in and out of the house, right? And I had people, I was telling Dr. McCullough and I this on our broadcast the other day people sick all around me, hacking and, uh, you know, all this stuff. And I looked at my wife and I said, Oh my God, I am not getting sick. I cannot afford to get sick out of this thing. And she starts laughing and she says, Well, I said, No, we're going to double it up. And I started to take, you know, extra healthy cell. I started to every eight hours with the CoFix RX in the nose making sure the atomizer, the Genesis HOCL is flowing in the room. I'm serious. I did all of that because everybody was sick around me and I could see it coming. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to escape this thing. And I am proud to say to you, I escaped it entirely and did not get sick. But I doubled it all up. To do that, friends, I took Immune Super Boost from Healthy Cells vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, echinacea extract, elderberry extract. It's a micro gel. I took that instead of just once a day, I took it twice a day. I doubled it up. You better believe it. Our listeners get 25% off that first order. Just use the code out loud. Uh, you go to healthycell.com forward slash out loud. You'll get that 25% off or just click the banner ads back at americaoutloud.com. Our, our, our sponsored partnerships are right there on the platform. So I doubled up on that. That's number one. Number two, I made sure the cofix RX so that has the povidine iodine in it. I did a couple of squirts in the left nose and the right nose every eight hours. You better believe it. That kills the pathogens, the superbugs, uh, SARS-CoV-2, all kinds of, whatever's in there that gets gets in your respiratory tract and messes us up, that kills that. So RX, our listeners get 20% off that, uh, and uh, that is cofixrx.com forward slash outloud or click the banner at, back at America, you know the drill, okay, get that discount as well, but get the nasal hygiene in your nose, left and right nostrils, okay, easy enough. And then, not to be missed, the last big thing I did is to make sure Genesis Fogger, H-O-C-L, but I use the the the, uh, the uh, atomizer, the atomizer, UX4 is what it's called, the UX4. And it's a stationary unit that puts the H-O-C-L hypochlorous In the room that kills these pathogens, especially when you know, we had people in and out, we had traffic, we had you know the holiday kind of thing. You know how that goes, you know, right? And this kind of puts that all in the ear that kills the pathogens. So I'm not breathing that crap in and end up with a you know, getting sick here, anyways. That is a great product. HOCL kills pathogens, superbugs, SARS-CoV-2, you name it. These are all very proven, strong remedies. Um, that product is available, again, 15% off discount with Out Loud. Out Loud the key to everything, friends. Out Loud is the key to life, the Out Loud truth, and these Out Loud discounts. 15% off. Again, click the banner ad, Genesis H-O-C-L, or just go to genesisfogger.com forward slash loud or just click the banner and get that fifteen percent off the product. You have any questions on any of that? Email me at liberty at com, or just hit the contact button. I'll be sure to help you out with it, whatever you need. That's how you do it, friends, and that's how you stay healthy. Did I help you out? I hope so. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick voice now. Professor Larry Bell joins us. very, very interesting piece here. And the top most cringe-worthy fake news headlines of 2022 and a whole lot more coming up next. Stay right there. More Viewpoint in just a moment. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire.
1: Cold and flu season is here. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to minimize airborne viral threats? Well, now there is, and it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray called CoFix RX. You might even say it's just what the doctor ordered to reduce your chance of getting hurt. You wear a safety belt when you're driving. To limit sun damage, you wear sunscreen on the beach. CoFix RX is just like that. It's an additional layer of protection. It's sold by thousands of pharmacists and medical doctors nationwide. It's made right here in the USA. Again, it's a pulvidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray. You've heard them talk about it here on the Outloud Network over and over again. Check out cofixrx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you, or use coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off at cofixrx.com. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, You're ready for anything.
0: People often ask me, Malcolm, how do we fight the corruption? Robert Frost has said it best, freedom lies in being bold. Well, for six incredible years, bold is America out loud. Welcome to the new era in communications. America Out Loud Talk Radio.
1: HealthyCell.com, Code Out Loud.
0: Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly. And my fellow Americans and to all of our dear friends around the globe, I want to wish you a heartfelt and awesome 2023 coming up right in front of us here. Absolutely don't want to miss that opportunity to wish you the very, very best. And thank you for being part of the mission here. At America Out Loud, we are surely on the move. uh, This network and the work we have happening here. And as a programmer note, I would be amiss not to tell you. I hope you're tuning in every day at 6 p.m. Eastern time to listen to the Tom Rents show. Attorney Tom Rents, he is doing amazing work here. The Tom Rents show is a must listen to talk radio all of his shows go to podcasts, as all of our shows do. And then at 7 p.m., the Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty I remember Dr. Paul Alexander was in the Trump administration in HHS, and he is doing a great job at 7 p.m. Those are two hours of must-listen-to talk radio. Next weekend... On America Out Loud Talk Radio, we are so excited to tell you all of the new programming that's going to be joining our fantastic lineup right now. We are adding to it, and uh, we're expanding the weekend offerings of broadcasts in ways like you will not believe. So pay, pay close attention to our announcements coming up this next week, weekend, and we're talking the 14th and 15th of January. You'll be very, very excited. Okay, joining me on the program now as we continue on Viewpoint here is Professor Larry Bell is here. He is an endowed professor at the University of Houston. He's a political analyst, author, a great author, so many great books. Many of his books are in the America Out Loud bookstore. As always, I was telling you about Dr. Swain's books. Again, you'll see that in the nav bar. Just click um, uh, bookstore and you'll be able to go in there and have some fun. And some of those books you'll even see on the front page as you're listening to this on broadcast, on America Out Loud Talk Radio. We, again, always appreciate our authors and our experts and guests, and we celebrate that by, you know, highlighting those books out there. So, uh, Professor Bell, welcome to Viewpoint, and uh, wonderful to have you here, sir.
3: Well, good morning, um, Malcolm, and uh, always enjoy being on. Thank you so much.
0: You wrote a fantastic op-ed, as you always do. And this one, again, I, I like to come back, and we're going to talk about this in just a moment. And, it, and I told listeners up front, the topmost most cringeworthy. And I, I love that word. You don't hear, that's a word you don't hear a lot of, of. It's just not a word we use in our regular vocabulary, but it's always like cringeworthy. It's like, uh, it's like, you know, Larry, when when I hear that word, it's almost like you're taking your fingers on a chalkboard and go, you hear that noise coming down You know, that's cringeworthy, right? That's kind of the fake news you called out in this. Before I go there, I wanna get your perspective as a political student of the game of, of American politics your thoughts, what happened on, uh, well, what happened on Friday evening, uh, or Saturday morning, even more so, because I was up watching it all. Um, But as we now see what's taking place here on Sunday, tell me your feelings and thoughts now of Kevin McCarthy, uh, 15 tries, hasn't happened in over 100 years. But back in the 1850s and 1860s, I was just telling listeners, we actually had it happen several times, uh, where it took a massive amount to get that a uh, speaker elected to office, uh, the numbers are staggering. And it makes me think, are we at that critical point of our nation again? Well, what do you think about this McCarthy, the 20 who pushed back, the fact that he made it happen at the end? Is he the right man for the job? Is this a mistake? Well, we got to deal with what we got. Well, size it up for us.
3: On one hand, it's good to sh- see the Republicans finally show some backbone. Unlike the Senate, which got rolled by McConnell and others on this uh, latest omnibus bill, and so on, time and time again. So on one hand, uh, it's good to see some backbone, and and it was all very encouraging. And the other hand was kind of a nail-biter, because I think many of us also want to get on with business. And part of the business is exposing a lot of the stories, as we're going to talk about later, I think, uh, that the media hasn't covered or has covered up. And so you know it's the notion of what's going to happen with uh, all these uh, terrible, terribly scandalous and, and treacherous uh, uh, incidents that occurred this past year, and so wanting to get on with business is another thing. And and of course we got Jim Jordan and, and, and Comer and others that are um, waiting to get up, you know, started with their oversight committees and so on. So. He was, just, he was a nail-biter. We stayed up and watched it last night, and, mm-hmm. and it was a relief, I think, uh, for us and many people that that this was finally resolved. Not that McCarthy's necessarily said the best person, but he was really the only option, and I think he he certainly got a strong message with these yeah. uh, numerous votes.
0: Uh, to your point about the investigations and uh, the committees and so on and so forth that are forming now. And of course, the White House and the Senate and Democrats have to know what's coming. Uh, they certainly did that to terrorize uh, President Trump for many, many years. So they know what's coming. It's real, real simple question. Do you think the, uh, not you specifically, do you think the American people have the appetite to be able to go down and to flip the card deck around with these investigations? Or what kind of appetite do they have? Or are they looking for more somehow, some sort of progress coming from the 118 Congress? How does that work?
3: Well, first of all, I think that there's the notion that, uh, uh, you know, these are separate items that we can't get on with business at the same time we have these investigations is, is a fallacy. And I think actually some of the most important uh, uh developments that are needed really are uh, really looking at some some structural issues that uh problems we have looking at the department of justice and its two-tier justice system and in the fbi most particularly not the you know not the rank and file but the you know those um in the seventh floor of the headquarters in washington and and in the field office in washington that apparently have been very politicized and so on. So, mm-hmm. so these are not separate issues, really. And I think that uh, you know the, the question I have in my mind, and I have this you know some disputes with friends on this, is whether that appetite you talk about will be encouraged by the media. Where will, will the mm-hmm. mainstream media or mainstream or whatever you want to call it, will they be? Will they finally cover? Uh, the hearings they cover some of these assaults on our democracy. Uh, and, and I believe in the new year that that they can't afford not to. I think that these 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 matters are too important. I think that they're just too juicy and salacious even for for uh, low inf- you know low, low information voters to ignore. So, so that appetite you talk about is is largely created, stimulated by the media. And the question is, again, what is the media going to do? Are they going to uh, uh, jump on some of this stuff when actually they're implicated in most of it?
0: That's right. That's right. Well, that's a great segue and setup for what I want to talk to you about now with some of the headlines you put out there, actually. Um, because they play to the media narratives. When you talk about fake news and, uh, or as you even reference it, you call it the legacy media, which is a very low bar, but you're right. They're going to, that's why I talk about that appetite because they're going to feed a different narrative to the American people. I can guarantee you that I would bet the lottery on right now, which means people are going to get tired pretty quick of this thing. I don't think it's going to be a smooth. I, I don't disagree with you the fact that they can chew gum and walk at the same time. But it's still going to be a real challenge because the media is the culprit in all of this, which you point out in this marvelous op-ed, the top most worthy fake news headlines of 2022. And friends, that can be found easy on the front page of America Allowed to go read the full piece. On the left sidebar, on the front page, we always have talk radio talk. The articles and things we're talking about on these programs Uh, You'll always find in that left column. Okay, that's how you go and look for some of the hot items we're discussing. That's it. This piece is right in there right now, in fact. All right. So, uh, Professor Bell, let's let's look at this. Uh, These are not in any particular order, but I'm going to throw them out there. Would ask you to give us your opinion back about what happens with these fake news headlines like what kind of movement do we see with the 118th Congress based on these headlines? If anything, one of them, and one of the fake stories, these are all fake stories. Everybody knows it. One of them you have out here, the Southern border is secure. You not only have the president of the United States, the press secretary, but uh, uh, alandro Mayorkas, and you have the, the Homeland Security folks. You have all these people, everybody is saying it, except the people who are on the front lines doing the work there. Uh, the, the the people themselves so speak about that when the southern border is secure as a headline. That was surely one of the most cringeworthy. And do you have any optimism? We'll get that right in the new Congress.
3: Yeah, I like to preface uh, actually uh, every every comment I make with, with my observation that everything is about 2024. So as we're all anxious to see things change and we're anxious to see legislation and possibly a few people behind bars, uh, you know, with the, again, the two-tier justice system we have, we we don't expect to see, uh, you know, the Attorney General uh, backing any of this stuff up. So it's really up to the voters, and I think largely the, you know, the influence of the, of the state governments, which are pushing back on a lot of these things. Uh, so it's, it's all about 2024, and, and so as the parties position themselves and it looks like they've got Biden pretty much. They're stuck with Biden, for better or for worse. They don't have a bench. They don't, I, You know, there's no uh, announced uh, competitor to Biden in the Democratic well, Party. You,
0: you, you mean you don't think Kamala Harris would make a fine president?
3: Well, she she would. I think she'd keep us laughing <laughs> along with her and, and uh, hurtling, and, and uh, we could just kind of laugh our way through problems. <laughs> Uh, but uh, that, that only that only works uh, maybe for a few minutes.
0: Now, you're, you're, hold on. Your mention of 2024 is, is factual. Is that the reason they've just sent the president down this week to the border now? All of a sudden, he, it's like I could have had a V8 moment, whatever the hell that's going to be, and whatever he's doing on there. Is that the reason that's coming in? And Are you thinking that he's going to re, re, uh, put his hat back in the ring here for 2024 to nominate himself again for a second term? You, you, do you think both of those things are yes?
3: Yeah, I think if you look at the at the the, at the picture here, we've seen how, what a stranglehold, the far left has had on, on Biden and his administration and really calling the shots. But coming into 2024, they've got nearly a couple dozen, I say they, the Democrats, have nearly a couple dozen problematic seats in the Senate, which they had the advantage as Basco around in, in 2022. But they've got their, they've got about a couple dozen seats at risk that uh, that uh, they've got some you know some very nervous uh, senators there that are are some of them are having these some of these immigrants dumped on their doorsteps and uh, they're screaming yeah. and so and so there's this tug of war or push or are you going to call it between the the far left and and those that see their their seats up for grab. And I think we're seeing some evidence of that. Big, big question is, what is Biden going to say or do when he goes to the border that's anything different? You know, they'll, they'll, they'll probably uh, maybe waffle about Title 42, which is, you know, sends, you know, sends some of them back. But
0: well, they yeah. are doing that now, right. actually. They're, they're rethinking 42. And actually, the Supreme Court, of course, ruled on that just uh, what about a week and a half ago. But they are, re- they are pushing back. I mean, they seem to be now going along using that as some sort of a scapegoat, I guess. Of course, none of them fixed the problem. Back to Congress again, Professor Bell. None of them fixed the problem. Uh, you know, immigration is a broken system. Let me, let me move on to some of these other headlines, because I want to make sure we get a few of these in here. Uh, on your uh, these top headlines of the most cringeworthy fake news headlines. So that's the southern border there. I think we agree on that. Uh, the other one is the Capitol riots and insurrection. Now, we just see they just uh, finished up their tying up loose ends with the uh, committee, which we knew what the committee was all about. It was to bang up Trump some more, best they could. And, of course, they, they dropped the subpoena and all of that at the end. Because Trump wasn't playing along with them clearly, so what do you think? Was I guess just tell me what do you, on this Capitol Rise, the committee, the insurrection? Honest question, honest question. Did this do any damage to Donald Trump? In your expert mind, your thoughts? Did it really do any damage, or is it just all washed over and it really doesn't matter?
3: Well, I think it's you know in combination with everything else. You know, Trump has been under assault from the very beginning, and and. And, and to be fair and honest, you know, uh, you know, he he alienated a lot of people. He was he's been kind of unkind and brash with, with a lot of a lot of people that he's alienated. In terms talking about you know the the nicknames and so on. Oh yeah, Rubio oh, yeah. and others. But but uh, Trump has been beaten up pretty pretty badly, and I think there's you know I'm I'm amazed that and I talk to people I know at how how deep they're uh, you know, you know, Trump has been made toxic, and for better, for work, you know, for fair or not. And uh, so, I think the you know the Capitol riot thing was added to that. It didn't, uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Uh, it it really changed a lot of things. But I think going to the oversight committees, I think that there's going to be some investigation of Pelosi's role in turning down the offers of help and right and uh basically uh allowing this to happen and
0: well that storyline there has been underplayed what you just said in the media uh, back to your point in this article uh, they don't they don't uh, pick up on any of that stuff and uh uh they've uh, she's gotten a pass on all of it and we knew that early on the way she played it the way they called down the Capitol police the way they invited them all in I mean this thing was a setup this was one of those who it games you know uh we sort of knew that was all happening I I think you're right though. I think most people realize it's baked into the cake with Donald Trump and the capital. So you probably, I think you're saying as I probably am saying that it probably didn't do any more damage than anything else that's done. Anything you either like him or you don't like him at this point. The other two headlines, Professor Bell, you t- and I'm going to tie them together. And and I guess my question here is, and 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 I again I say these sincerely. You're talking about Hunter's laptop, Russian disinformation, and you're talking about Joe is unaware of Hunter's foreign deals. Let me tie those two together a moment and say to you, do you sincerely believe, back to the committee thing and all this exercising uh, that that they're going to be doing now in accountability, does anything in your wildest imagination become of those stories? We already know the media has covered it up. We don't have any reason to think they're going to continue to cover it up. And the fact whether a committee or two is going to change that in Washington, hard to say that. Do you have any hope in your heart that something else is going to happen here? Or is this another fruitless exercise and Joe Biden gets a pass because he does? I mean, is that the reality we're living with?
3: I think there's two two aspects to your question. And one is, will anything, what will happen to the culprits you know, will, will, will there be uh, people in orange suits that come out of this? And and, and clearly not during, you know, during uh, the time that Mary Garland is attorney general and, and so on. But, but I think we're going to see a lot of setups where where indictments are going to be filed and, and a lot of information will be put on the record that's really, I, I, you know, I think it was a very dangerous precedent for the Democrats to go after Trump's tax returns at the t- same time that they uh, there's been blocking of uh, you know the, you know the Hunter and uh, Joe bank accounts hmm. with regard to payments from China and others.
0: Yeah,
3: uh, blocking Congress from getting those records. So I think I think I think that that uh, that there's going to be a lot of information that'll be put on the record, and uh, some of it is, is pretty you talk about cringeworthy stuff on. Hunter's laptop uh, is, is is pretty pretty horrific, uh, yeah. and, and uh, it's not it's not family fodder. It's not stuff you want your children to know about. So that's one aspect, and, and I think the then the broader aspect, mm-hmm. in, in large sense, the, the in larger sense, the most important one is is the twenty twenty four election. You know, this it's the impact on the voters. Uh, you know, we're going to, you know, the, you know, people have been hurt by the COVID shutdowns and misinformation on, on uh, Anthony Fauci, who was really a patron saint of, of a lot of the liberals and so on. And I think that, that, that uh, the public is saying no mask. You know, we, we've had it with this stuff. Uh, and I think DeSantos said, you know, when he said Florida's where woke comes to die, I think a lot of the public I think that resonates with a lot of the public. And so really the the big issue and I think the you know the the by you know by all measures the most important one is twenty twenty four again. I can keep going back to to that point.
0: Yeah, I think your point is 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 a good one. I think it reminds us that we are now officially, because we're in 2023, we are now in a race uh, for 2024, the presidency, and everyone is going to be either putting their hat in the ring or not in the months ahead, uh, because it's a long journey uh, to elect a president in this country, and so that race is starting now as we'll start to see with the position of the southern border, uh, these this Russian stuff, and these committee meetings. Uh, yeah, it's probably damage control. We'll see how much of it leaks out. Uh, I think the story will need to stay on, Professor Bell, and continue to is the media, which you're pretty good at calling them out yourself, and as you did in this op-ed here. Uh, so uh, I want to thank you for all your contributions and writings and your your voice and your uh, uh, your expertise, sir, in, uh, w- with us here on America Out Loud, and look forward to a fruitful year with you just ahead, sir. Thank you for joining us on Viewpoint. Well, Malcolm, thank you and for all you do. Uh, you're one of the busiest guys I know. Amen to that. Uh, my wife would agree with you. Uh, so in any event there, my fellow Americans, that is a wrap from my side right here. Thank you all for being on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.